Spoken words, y'all. This is Liz. And I'm Sarah. And and this is our podcast. And we <laughs> we are the aunties of inclusion. Um, I'm sorry, y'all. We this happens every single time. We just this is just part of our journey together. This yes. is part of your journey as the listener. This is your, our journey as the hosts of the More Than Words podcast. We just can't get it together. That's just that's the reality of life. Okay. It's, okay. It's the intro. We were, you know what? We just need to record it and just start talking because at this point it's ridiculous. And I laugh and I'm sitting here just laughing well before you hit like record. I'm like, ah, I just can't help it. I'm like five years old. Just like, I know what's about to happen. Let me start laughing now. Like it's just, it happens. So hopefully uh, everybody is joining us and you just want to know what, what did you walk into? Well, you walked into the fact that every recording, Liz and I decide who's going to do the intro. And we always just have this moment of like, oh, we just forgot and we just talked about it. So welcome to that journey of us being uniquely us. So yes, we the aunties of inclusion. And we're supposed to say that. Liz tells me, make sure we say aunties of inclusion, aunties of inclusion, aunties of inclusion. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. aunties of inclusion. Hashtag more than words podcast. Ha- hashtag. Okay. Look, I'm not taking it off. This is just who we are now. We're like 12 episodes in or four. I don't know how many episodes. A lot. There's seasons. I don't know. Whatever. It's Apple podcast that does it. And this is just how we introduce it. And it's funny. I want I want Buddy to put all the intros together and no. like do a mashup of all the intros. <laughs> I want to raise my hands and say no. If anybody is listening, I have raised my hands and say no. Just want to be honest. Cr- Cradle Rock Entertainment, Buddy, please, please ma- mash it up together. Listen with to our, us. Ooh, with our like intro song and like, woo no. no. Liz, that's More never how that song. More no. Words. Liz. <laughs> What, that's never how the intro song is supposed to be. Just so y'all know, the intro song has been one of those things that we we haven't really shared with you. But Liz literally was like, yeah, you know, when we do the intro song, waka, waka. Like, and she's doing that, like, whole, like, she's on a vinyl, waka, like, scratching. I'm like, waka. that is not what y'all hear as our logo. I mean, as our um, theme song. Because it, who's doing waka, waka? I don't know what you're talking about. It's like the Shakira waka, waka. Like, Maybe. Plus, the the scratching of the vinyl. I'm done. We're none of those things, Liz. Like, that's not it. That's not... Play the theme song, buddy, if... Okay, we don't have the budget for All that. All right, cut, cut to the theme song and go. We need right. to tell people about our theme song and how we came up with that. No, I don't want to tell the story anymore. <laughs> I'm feeling embarrassed now. I've had too that, much time to <gasps> think about it. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed now. That is us. You no. don't like my emojis? I'm going to put our emojis on, um, no. or on Instagram. No. Oh my goodness! Uh, I'm gonna put our I'm gonna put our theme song on Instagram, and in the comment section is gonna be our emojis, and I want to see if people get it. No, they're not gonna get it. If, okay, we'll go, let's do this on our session, our our short our short uh, yeah. IG session. But let's jump into our episode around the auntie moment, Liz. I literally, so this week, y'all won't know what week it is. So it doesn't matter. But by the time this airs, the week would have passed. But this week, I ch- I am on social media duty. So um, one of the funniest things, right? I decided to do a theme called The Funniest Things Our Clients Say. And what prompted the, this was a client. A client, you know, we had our, our session. They had this amazing, like, aha moment. They felt action-oriented. They wanted to go do something. And at the end, when you're like, okay, so, you know, what are those things that, you know, you're going to put in place to support you for you to be able to like do exactly what you set out to do. And one of the things this person said was, hey, so after I had a conversation, can I FaceTime you? I'm like, what? Hello? I I did my part. Like I was, I did. For what? Like what, what was the FaceTime for? Well, so the conversation they had to have was with like someone very close to them that they also work with who happened so a to difficult be conversation. Very difficult. Okay. You know, hierarchy, all those things, like all the things you can imagine, which you're like, oh man, I've been with a company a long time. These are now my friends and my colleagues and maybe even my superior or vice versa. And so this is a big conversation, right? Like you're telling somebody something that you know is going to have a significant impact to how they um, to how they feel about how things are going. And then also they'll be shocked because it's coming from you because that's not your normal temperament. Well, anyway, I was like, so I paused for a second. I was like, well, 
you know, ideally, I, I appreciate you wanting to include me in your accountability. But in my in my mind, mind, I was like, well, first of all, that ain't gonna be free. Like, we not we we client, we're professionals, not you know, best friends. But that's just Shara. Don't clients don't listen to me. I mean, we cool. But I was like, okay, this is separations here. But then the second part was, I was like, well, who else would you want to share this news with? And so they good they identified another person. Of course, I got the good questions. I'm already coaching, but don't add me to your Facetime list. First of all, I, I was so shocked for a minute. I had to just come through, but I was like, this is one of those moments where I love our coaching relationships because there is these points when you've coached people and they've moved through their career and they're into their new journey that people forget that we are in this professional place because of the environment that we create together. Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, I was honored, but also I was like, uh, no, we ain't been playing. Well, and also too, like, cause I, you know, I'm glad you said that. Cause I've had that moment too. And one, I'm honored when people do select me as their coach, I'm really honored <laughs> that I get to be part of your journey. That is why I do it because I was very blessed to have other people that were coaching me to be part of my journey. And I want to make that impact for people um, because the coaching is a technique and it ha- it's a skill set and it's a, and it's like a painting. It's beautiful. Right. Um, or like a mirror. Um, but it is like, we do turn on our, even though we've talked about, we have our coaching hat all the time. We do turn it on and off because especially when we coach some of our friends or people that we've known in our past. And it's like, how do you switch it on and off? Because I've had to like be very um, like kind of set a boundary on that sense. Because one, like, I don't think all my friends want to be coached. I lived with my best friend for six weeks and they were like, stop coaching us. Cause it would just turn on. Right. Like I can't help it but they don't want to be coached all the time. And also I don't want to coach all the time too. Cause it is like, it can be, even though like, you know, it's about you and your journey and like, we kind of put everything in a box and like, that's you, you know, we don't have ties to it uh, because it's your journey. It does get a little taxing a little bit. Right. So I I think so. So, so to your point, absolutely. I try not to coach my friends. I I'm, I really pride myself on turning on and off. Like, I'd be like, look, do you want me to coach or you don't? Because honestly, yeah. you know, don't get away. But at the same time, it's like, when you a client, client, like, I think, honestly, it's one of the moments right now. And first of all, I just noticed my edges is not laid. And I apologize <laughs> for those of y'all on video. Um, but I'm going to handle that. That will not happen again. Okay. And then going back to my client, I just think it to myself, hold up. I really do feel honored to your point that we've been in this journey together for enough time for you to have transitioned from that professional trust to something different. But at the same time, share, share, right? Not even, you know, not work. Sure. It's like, okay, we don't have best friends, honey. Like, you know, we got our yeah, hour. You got to put your boundary in. Put, yeah. you know, put your extra hour in and don't use it for FaceTime because you got other things you want to, you know, use your time for. Right. Yes. But, but I, I just wanted to honor that moment. I actually put it as one of the funniest things because actually when after I made this response, the client realized what they had said and was started chuckling. It was like, yeah, you right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I just called myself. You not, you know, you try, but you're not my tribe tribe, you know? And so we laughed about it. So I, I put it out there as the funniest thing. So I do want to honor that person as they're listening. Cause I know they listen to the show. I said, you know, thank you so much for just inviting me in that space. Um, but also for us just being able to laugh about it and say, okay, so we, we got friend friend, we, we client professionals, right? So yes, cause you want to maintain. That. Yeah. I think, and I think also that client professional throws a lot of people off too, right? Like, especially when that you've had a close relationship with someone um, and they know you a certain way and then they want to do coaching because they know you've done it. And then they're like, whoa, you're a different person. We're different even like, and I've uh, a few people that listen to our podcast, they want to do coaching with us. And I I said, just remember, you're not going to get this Liz, right? Coaching is very different. It's intentional. Like it's, it's, it's different, right? My essence is still there, but you know yeah but we're way more quiet and I think that's been the hardest thing like I've had people do that and I've said like okay I'm glad you listen to the podcast thank you keep it sharing like right all those good things 
But then I'm like, okay, well, don't forget, I'm not going to show up in that way. Like, I yeah. will be way more quiet. It's not about me. It's about you. And so, you know, some people will be like, oh, girl, y'all can turn it on and off. Like, yeah, we all do professionally, <laughs> right? Um, but let's get to our guest. Okay, so yes. we're to our guest today, but let me do a trigger warning before you go. Um, this trigger is different than what our our normal, I wouldn't say normal, but our, our more... Um, um, our, our typical trigger warnings that we may have had in the past that are very specific, but this topic can trigger some people get if they um, struggle with this topic. So it's not a traditional one that may hit directly invoke some type of trauma or innate, you know, kind of connect with anything like that. But ideally from a, this topic is about immigration. And so immigration may be such that it is, um, a hot topic for you or those in your family or any of those other pieces. So if you're not prepared to hear about immigration, then this is probably not the time that you want to hear the rest of this session. So feel free to disconnect, see you on the next episode. Um, but for those of you who are ready to hear this conversation, this is really important. So join us for the next piece. So Liz, to you for introducing our guests. Okay. So this person, her name is Crystal Gonzalez. Um, I have known her since we were 11 years old and I, so that's, I mean, that's a long time, y'all. I won't tell you my age, but that's a long time. And throughout all, all of our lives, I've seen Crystal grow, grow up, grow as a person. Um, and the one, the beautiful thing about her is her heart and her empathy and her consistency. She's always been that very grounded friend, colleague, person, um, schoolmate, someone that's very consistent. And if you don't have a friend like that in your life, go get you one of those. You can't have mine, but go get you one of those. I'm, you know, I, I like my, my keep my friends, but um, I'm also I've also been very very impressed that she's had a lot of um, things go in her life, you know, hardships in her life, as many of us, and she's always maintained such a positive, wonderful attitude, an optimistic one, right? Because I don't like the whole false positivity thing, but a very optimistic, like, okay, this is really hard, this is very challenging, but I know I have faith that I'm going to make it and that I have hope that everything is going to work out. Um, she's an advocate. She's a mom. She's a sister. She's a friend. She's a daughter. She is just a powerhouse superwoman. Like she is one of those that like she has her, she has her kids and all these sports. She's also working and she's doing a very tough job. Um, we'll get into that right now when we introduce her. She's a husband. She's a mom. She's a sister. She's like, I'm doing it all. Oh, and also I'm going to do my yoga and my strength in my living room. Like <laughs> she's yes, she has it all. So I want to bring Crystal on. Crystal, you want to turn on your camera and come on and say hi to all of our listeners. Crystal. Hey everyone, I'm Crystal. <laughs> yes, Crystal, oh. you put in the chat, Aunt, too, so don't miss that, Liz. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We are so happy that you're here. First of all, Liz just ran it down. I was like, if you're not crying, you got to be smiling, because I was getting choked up. I was like, I hope she's talking about me when I ain't around like this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so we're going to get started. So Crystal, we're going to get started. We, first of all, welcome to the More Than Words podcast. And first and foremost, we just appreciate you, right? Liz, when we were thinking about who was going to join us, Liz had you at the top of the list a long time ago. And I said, first of all, I don't know who this person is, but make sure we get her, right? Um, <laughs> so I can't wait for this conversation. And um, But we always ask all of our guests, you know, to talk to us a little bit, just we want to know who you are before your work, right? Or what it is that you have your impact in the world for. But tell us about you. You know, we shared our diversity will. What are some of those top dimensions that you found in the diversity will that really just is important to you and that is important for our listeners to hear about why this you are important and also the work that you do? 
Great. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for thinking of me and that warm, um, touching introduction, Liz. And Shara, thank you also for having me. Um, I reviewed that dimension wheel and I'm thinking like, for me, it has been a combination of like internal, then also external. So like for internal, just being Latin, Latin, Latin X, uh, female, um, obviously Houston's very diverse, but um, being a female and then um, Latina, I think has really resonated with me, um, but also like my faith and my education. So I went to St. Thomas. Um, I mean, I think to me, like going to university where um, I can continue on my journey with, I'm a spiritual person and just like learning everything that I did at St. Thomas has really resonated with me. Like those, those are the main ones that I can think of um, as well, you know, just a geographic location, like being in Texas, Houston, I, I think like just a very diverse city and just exposure to people from all over the world. So first of all, I don't be a hard, but you are glowing on this uh, video today. I don't know if we should be here. You are glowing today. So for those of y'all not watching this um, as a video, you listen to this podcast, you missing out. Um, so when you said that your face lit up, when you talked about St. Thomas, you, you know, you really talked about kind of those experiences. Uh, I guess one of the things that we always like to ask, like of those things that are your top dimensions, like what are some of the stereotypes that come along with it? Yeah, I think that's where it's been like the hardest, right? For me, like those internal factors. Um, I remember when I was working, I had a job as a waitress and, um, I remember I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to get educated. This is a part-time job. I'm graduating from high school. And the management in that restaurant, it was a very expensive restaurant where like baseball players would go only in the restaurant. was like, you're going to go to college? Like, no, this job is for people like you. So it was the first time when I realized like people like me, okay, what are you talking about? Like, okay, female, you know, my race and my background. And so to me, that was like a wake up call to like say, wow you know, why are we so stereotyped? You know, just thinking that Latin, um, you know, female, we're meant to work in a restaurant or, you know, some kind of service industry. And that's yeah. so interesting that you bring that up, Crystal, because my, you know, my best friend and I, we were just talking about that challenge, you know, so not only did you get that stereotype from someone saying, what are you talking about? You, you're Latina. This is where you're supposed to be at, or this is, this is what y'all do. But also too, like, and you know, I don't want to put my best friend stuff out there, but many of us and including me, I had to fight to go to university from my parents, not just from a financial standpoint, because that wasn't there. Right. I first generation American, but also to my parents and, you know, my best friend had to do the same thing. Why do you want to go to college? Why not get married and have children? That's what you're supposed to do. And so, that's, education defines a lot of people, right? Like that's a really, you know, when you're in an underrepresented group, oftentimes you hear the story that there are just, of course, some natural family values that are really important that is like spread amongst all of the generations and education is a prominent one we've had we've heard it multiple times from different guests right um and and, and it's it's funny because in different phases of your life it leads differently right like sometimes it's in front of you and it's with you and sometimes it's behind you it's something that you've done but it's one of those things like if you think about what's going on right now and the conversations they're having about student debt and, and low un, low enrollment in colleges how how is that disrupting or at least causing some uh, new conversations in our family homes about what where education sits from a value perspective? Yeah, that's important. Um, it's like the big picture of like, you know, for me, like knowledge is like power. And so getting educated was important. But like Liz mentioned, like the funding part and everything working, I always feel like I always had to work double, right? Like I went to my counselor's office and I would say, where's the list of all these letters you're getting for scholarship opportunities? Can I have a copy of them? And so like working really hard to like get as many scholarships as I could to be able to get my undergraduate degree and then like getting loans for my graduate degree, you know, but knowing that it's something that was important for me because I wanted to be educated. Um, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit too, because of what my, um, my dad went through and my mom telling me like, you know, you have to be educated because you never know what life is going to give you. And so that would give you an opportunity to be like stable um, 
and, and not to be dependent on your spouse if you have a future spouse. Wow. And what did that experience when when that person told you at the restaurant? What are you doing? Like what? How did because you're still talking about you talk about it now, right? Like that's obviously come up. Is that something that you thought about throughout your journey? It does. And that's what I mean. Like sometimes those internal factors kind of stay with you. Um, I feel like as you grow as a person, you mature, you realize like, you know, that there's always going to be those stereotypes in our society, unfortunately. And, um, you know, just kind of have to learn to just kind of either one. I feel like some people just don't take the time to um, understand. Right. And so as you go through different phases of your life, you realize like it's it's okay that people you know, you don't have to worry about what people say, because if you do and you spend your energy on that, then you're not going to be doing wonderful, amazing things in your life. But when I was young at that age, I mean, obviously now I'm mature enough to like, you know, just eventually let it go. But when you're young, that kind of just stays with you. Like everything that goes around that has to do with, um, you know, any kind of comments that might be um, discriminatory um, or, you know, in a certain way, um, racial bias then yeah it stays with you because you think like i'm not worthy like maybe i'm not worthy maybe i'm not going to be able to like actually do something in this world because i just i'm not supposed to um but thankfully i have my mom's personality too and it was kind of like wait a minute i'm not gonna let nobody step down on me like who are you to tell me what i have to do thankfully like eventually that part of my mom just woke up and i'm like no I'm just going to keep going. I'm not going to listen to what anybody tells me to, you know, and I'm just going to be positive. And um, I think I've always been a person that's like oriented. And I'm like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be able to reach my goals. And she does. Come through with the inspiration. Okay. (laughs) We always get to this point. We always get to this point. And our podcast is done because that introduction was all we needed. Thanks, Crystal. You know that. We, yeah. Overcoming stereotypes. Check this, (laughs) check out this success story. Period. Okay. And I I think that's so important, Crystal, on like using those as, 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 as much as I, as a facilitator for DNI, as a coach, I wish I didn't have to coach or facilitate these conversations um, to help empower people. I wish I didn't have to do that, right? But the reality is like, what do you, you're aware of it now. What do you want to use that as, like that experience as, as fuel to push you forward? You know, even though like you're aware that this has happened to you, you're aware that other people have different perspectives. And also too, like you mentioned, you know, some people aren't ready to be having those conversations mm-hmm. and, you know, they might not even, or they might not be willing to have those conversations. I mean, one of our first episodes with um, Robert in the human conversation, he talked about that, right? He talked about being um, emotionally intelligent to be able to have these very difficult conversations. It's not, it doesn't come innate, um, especially in our society, especially in the U.S. too, where, you know, we're trying to be nice to one another. We're trying not to step, be, we're trying not to offend other people, right? But, you know, are we, are we emotionally ready to be having those conversations? So that's beautiful. So what, like, I know in the work that you do, um, if we can share that with, with people, um, Crystal does a lot of work. She's an advocate. She's, um, she helps a lot of families immigrate into the U S and come into the U S. So what inspired you to pursue that? Well, my parents were immigrants, right? And so just like in the early days and many people to this day, um, they just wanted a better life for their children and their family. And so, you know, they were not going to come to the U.S. to be criminals. <laughs> they actually wanted to just work and provide for their families and give us more opportunities. So just seeing my parents as immigrants and like everything that, you know, what they went through inspired me to um, continue to help people who are also immigrants. And, you know, just in the moments that we um, had to get support for you know, the language barrier and my parents needing just um, multiple um, networks for support, I understood that I could be that person 
and I could be an advocate. So just taking like what my family um, bringing was and just kind of expanding that. And like, I think I'm passionate about it for that reason. And so it just makes whatever I do um, a lot more, I can say I put my heart into it. Like I really do. Um, and, and just knowing many immigrants, like as a child and like seeing what the um, difficulties that they face to be able to just have basic living in the United States and, and being in this um, new country and what that meant and how difficult it is to often, you know, come to a new country and just be able to um, survive and make it in school. Listen, I can't help but ask, though, but like when you decided that you were going to do this, were you thinking that people would say, oh, she's just doing this because she wants other people like her in the country or she wants to get her family? And the reason I say that is because people think that about any time you're in this work. They think that it's very self-driven, very self-motivated, very dimensional. So I, I'm just I just couldn't help but ask, like, have you experienced any of that or at least considered it for yourself? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it can be like that, right? But at the same time, like, I always think about, like, the big picture. And, like, we're all humans. So how are we connected? We're connected just by being humans. And so, like, you know, we all need to have that just respect for the dignity of the human person, regardless of what race you are, where you come from. Like, we are connected as human beings. And so for me, it's just kind of like, no, it's not just being like what I went through or what I experienced, but like as a human person and someone who believes like everybody has that dignity, um, then why not like use the skills or the experience that I have to be able to, you know, fight for the better of others. First of all, she said that for the people in the back. I just want to go on record. I hope y'all heard that all the way in the back. Who needed to hear that that we that you can have purpose and have be self-fulfilled, self-driven through things that you love and that's important to you versus it just the ver- visual demographics or the demographics that people just most often associate. I hope they heard it in the back. Okay, I'm sorry, I had to well, say that. And and I want to be a little selfish too, like Crystal. Like I know you said, like it's not about me, you know. But yeah, like why not diversify our 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 country and like we are a diverse nation right um let's look back at the history of it and we always talk about organizations and whether are they reflective of our census that we had in 2020 which we says that we are a very diverse nation we love in like in our podcast like we love those differences because it just brings something wonderful and unique. And maybe because we've been doing this work and we love hearing other people's story. And that's why we started our podcast, that we love differences. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, find what dif- find like one commonality. I love food. Oh, you love food. Oh, you have this food type. And oh, you have that food type. Yeah, let me try your food. I'll try yours. There you go. That's how it works. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Crystal, like, one of the things that we often hear as DEI facilitators is um, we hear, you know, people should just come into this country the right way. And I put it in quotation marks just for those who can't see me because I'm a first generation American and I got certain feelings out of it. Um, So how do you, I got two questions. So how do you, one, respond to this? And what is the quote unquote right way to to come into this country? So it's very complex. Like the right way would be very complex. Um, it depends on what country you're from. And it was like through family or employment-based. Um, if you're employment-based, you pretty much have to be well-off for the most part and you know, either wealthy or you're going to pretty much have like the finances to be able to start up a business here. A lot of money. Um, and if it's through family, then that means like you have to wait like 20 years, like my aunt, for example, right? My, my, um, it depends where you are, like who's petitioning who. There's different categories. So, like, if it's like a, a, an aunt to a sister, that could be like for Mexico, it could be 20 years. So, by that point, it's kind of like you, most of your life has already gone. And it's like you might still want to come to this country the right way, but it's like you pretty much have already met most of your seniority life and you're ready to retire. Um, so, it's, we're talking about years and years and years for certain people to be able to come the right way. Um, 
and not only that, like you need to be able to have someone to sponsor you. So if you don't have anybody in this country to sponsor you, then how are you going to be able to come to this country the right way? It's almost impossible if you don't have anybody to be able to sponsor you. And that means like financially, like you need to have someone to be able to sponsor you. So the right way, it's definitely not very easy. It's not a, it's a very complex process. And this is a reason why it leads to a lot of people, um, you know, coming different ways. And they have to because they have no other, no, there's just very, very difficult for them to be able to find a way to survive if they don't um, leave certain situations in their country. Well, and that's what um, I read a book called In the Fog, and it talks about a person's journey um, from Central America all the way into the United States and talks about the grueling uh, experiences that they faced during that that process. Um, I have I had family members that have crossed as well illegally into the country and what they've gone through, like they one of my family members has still not talked about it 20 years later, um, hasn't shared like the experiences that they had during that time. Um, it's a very, very difficult topic for her to even talk about. And so when I asked them, you know, was it worth it? They said, absolutely. I said, would you do it again? They said, absolutely. And mm-hmm. it's like, if you think about the things that people go through during that journey of, of coming into this country, it's like, imagine the things that they're running away from, from their own country. Because in reality, and this is my thoughts, and I don't know if other people share this or not, but for me, it's like, one, what are they seeking refuge for? Or, and from um and because most people don't want to leave their home country you know most people love being surrounded by familiarity right and i think a lot especially some people who are are only comfortable around you know the same and what they're used to knowing imagine I'm having sure understand sorry, imagine having to leave all of that right and come into a country that's unknown and, and completely different than what they're used to. It's like, what are they, think about like, what what are they seeking refuge from? Yeah, go ahead, Cheryl. Yeah, and I, and I would say oftentimes, I mean, I, I will say there's been different conversations, particularly around this topic, and especially specifically in the spirit in the spaces in which I am, especially when they're mostly in blackness, right? And people are like just confused as to well, what what it is their intention, right? Of like when someone comes, what 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 are they coming for? Because the 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 narrative has been horrible, right? Like it's this, you know. Um, very much so something's being taken away from you by someone coming in this country when you're like, okay, but all of us technically are <laughs> implants from somewhere else because no one was here but the Native Americans. So yes. let's go ahead and act, let's go ahead and say that out loud. But then it's also that narrative is so much stronger than the positive piece, which the positive piece you can see most often, which is the businesses that are in our neighborhoods and the different um communities that we're surrounded by depending on where you live especially in metropolitan places and it's like so you're comfortable with people either serving you having stores um being your doctor but at the end of the day you don't like the means in which those individuals are here to be able to live their purpose and utilize their skill set now i say all that to say i come from a southern family i've had some difficult conversations where people are like i still don't like it Right. Like they're taking jobs away from us. Now, I'm not saying my whole family. Let me let me put that disclaimer. But I'm talking about conversations I've had with family, period, in the past where there was some sense of like, this is going to harm me in some way. And and somehow this is going to impact black people and the access to jobs. And then more recently, not more recently, but when I got a little jazzy right in college and more knowledgeable, I was like, well, so would you do the jobs? Right. They're coming here or people are coming here for a better life right? They're choosing where they want to start because they have a goal just like the rest of us. Would you do those jobs too? Or would you come and have that same impact if this, the sh- shoe was on the other foot? And that's when you start going down those little rabbit holes when people are confronted with their bias or their racism or stereotypes that where they really have an incomplete story about others. So 
I I hear you, but I can hear my hear people listening to it, and it's like, Mm-mm, you know, from the very generations or perspectives that they have. But my question is, what are the stages, right, of the immigration process? Because I think for most people, we just don't know, right? Like if someone has a green card or what does it mean? Like you talked about a 20 year length. It's just hard to conceptualize, like tangibly speaking, what are the big phases? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like to get a green, well, yeah, to get a green card, right. To be able to become a permanent resident and be permanently in the United States. It's like, like I said, you either have employment base or you have um family petition. Now there are some refugees uh, we allow into this country that number was very very small during the previous administration and then there's something called diversity um, lottery where there's certain peoples from different countries who can apply to obtain that and come here but the majority of them come through either family base or employment base and so they do family base again it's very complex because they have to first have a petitioner and then once they have a petitioner if they have a petitioner then they have to be in this visa bulletin waiting process. And that can be like, again, I said many years. It can be 20 years for people from Mexico. It depends on what priority you are in. Um, if it's like an immediate relative, you have like a spouse petitioning for a spouse. It may be different. The waiting period may be different. But again, if you don't have that one family member in this country already who can petition for you, then how are you going to be able to come into this country, right? Um, and very small numbers also are um, what they call people who have been a victim of a crime. But that process is even very difficult, right? Or like, you know, there's something called the T visa and, and U visa, again, victims of crime. And that's not even an easy process. It takes It can take some time and it takes a lot of evidence to be able to prove in order for someone to be able to get a permanent resident card. So the process it's not easy and even for refugees they have to go through this whole vetting and background check process in order for them to come into this country and again it's not um, a lot of of refugees who can come but there is some um, visas available for refugees and most people just focus on like people who come from Central America right and people who come from Mexico and like what the process looks like in order for them to be able to get a permanent resident card but a lot of people don't understand that if those people from those countries do not have anyone who can petition for them, or if they're living in some kind of um, poverty um, level, then the route for them to be able to immigrate the right way into this country is very difficult. And they want to come here because they want to be able to look forward to more opportunities and live the American dream. Um, work hard. The majority of them just want to work hard when they come to this country. Yeah, I think one of the questions that, and this is, I can't take credit for this, but this is a question from my husband, actually. He says, you know, are there any like success stories or um, of people that, you know, what they've contributed, what immigrants have contributed to the country? And, um, And also, you know, you mentioned this and we talked about this of like they're escaping or or leaving their country for a reason because they're being forced to to do that like do you and not particulars or specifics we don't want to hear that that's personal but you know do you, what what are some of those success stories yeah so i won't go into particulars but just think about recently like the torn worn countries um where you have um people who are fleeing these countries and then they come here and they really want to just um, start up a business and then from there grow and they contribute to the U.S. economy. Um, we love their cuisine. I mean, I, I love going to this restaurants and eating their food. Um, and they're also raising their families here and they want to be able to learn English. They want to be able to contribute to the U.S. economy. They pay their taxes. So to me, that's like a success story because they're contributing to the economy. They're bringing like, you know, they're sharing their um, ethnic food with us. And, and we and we like those ethnic foods. Um, I mean, you know, all the spices and everything, it's delicious. And honestly, like for me, it's like, oh, I can just, right now I'm already getting hungry. So it's around like, <laughs> it's lunchtime <laughs> over like, there. Can I just go, go to the restaurant and get some food and then come back and continue? 
but um but no really i think it's like something important because a lot of times it's like we want to have that exposure to diversity and the different cultures and we like their food we like to drink tea and try different things but it's like only we kind of tend to be sometimes selfish it's like only what we want like so we can get to pick and choose it's like yeah come but we only want your food in restaurants but you know what that's it don't go from there anymore just leave it as that we just want to eat yeah that's that's one of my biggest things and we might edit this or not but i'm gonna go ahead and say it um if anybody calls my people criminals okay but you're gonna eat tacos uh uh-uh don't do it you know I, i have an issue with that tequila no you leave it with me okay don't call don't call my people criminals and then go have tequila and tacos nope we're not doing it <laughs> sorry sure as long as you said it and i didn't say it look that been a different conversation go on, girls oh listen <laughs> all right that ain't that's your you're welcome speaker. taco tuesday you're welcome yes. <laughs> okay Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm so excited. Um, I will say that one of the things about this conversation that I love, Crystal, or at least I've loved to hear um, when we had our discovery call was like really when not just your purpose, but like you when you even was describing like the success stories, all of it centered around family. Right. And impact and, you know, being a part of something um, where someone's life is being changed. Right. Um, because they have the access to something. But, you know, I guess let's just, you mentioned something on a discovery call that I did not know about that was relatively personal about your experience with your family. And so, you know, what has that experience with your family and the work that you do kind of had an impact in this area? Yeah, well, I I don't know if we kind of went into detail, but like my dad had a stroke when I was um, 12 years old. And so um, that and like also my family values. So my parents always, always like made sure that we um, honored um, respect um, for others, worked hard. Um, just those values of family values are helping others, being respectful, working hard. And having my dad go through a stroke and seeing like, how difficult it can be when your life changes from one to another, but yet my parents and my family holding strong to these values is something that I like. I want to be able to carry those traits and share that with my own family, my kids. I, I try to see if they can have, as a mom, I, I want to make sure that they're involved in the community, um, volunteer, give back to the community. And I think that's where something that we all need to do as, as moms, as parents, I want to make sure that I, make good human beings right and that they're understanding they have a sense of community they have a sense of respect and those same values um so everything that happened to me was important because i want to be able to pass on the same values and traits to my kids and i bring them to volunteer to some of my events they hear me sometimes on the weekends teaching um immigrants you know u.s history the civics questions so they can pass the citizenship tests and become citizens learn english um, and they can see that it's like, hey, we're on all of this together. We're in the same boat, just going in different directions. But we need all, to like all support each other. And going a little bit further, um, so since my dad had a stroke, I saw how difficult it is to um, live with someone with a disability. And I mean, like mental and physical, mental impairment and physical disability. But along the path and journey for my father, he's now deceased. I realized that there were certain angels and people who always supported us to make sure that, you know, or as a social worker say, Hey, you know, I got you guys, what do y'all need? And so just noticing and observing as a child, as a teen, how there is people who always kind of support it. And I'm talking about even this as mom, other people just like, you know, friends, parents to say, Hey, Miha, what do you need? How can I help? And just seeing how there's angels like that and seeing how important it is to be able to give back to people with disabilities. Um, and help them because it is even harder when you're like an immigrant or someone who's disabled to navigate so many processes. It's very challenging and there's still a lot of work to be done. I mean, I know there's like a lot of um, support already for people who are wheelchair bound um, or disabled, but I think it's a topic that definitely like, you know, you just have to realize that it's very complex to be an immigrant, to be disabled and and I see that a lot too in my professional work. I see that there's even more of a challenge when someone is an immigrant and, and they have a disability. 
Yeah. I'll make I mean, my kids aware of that too. No, that's, oh gosh, Crystal. Again, we could just, we could just end it. You could just have a talk show for yourself. This is why we get our guests because our guests could just have talk shows for themselves. They just don't know it. And, and you're right. That is like, when we think about our children and like the legacy that we want to, to, to pass down to them, I, I say the same thing. I just want to raise good humans. I want to raise someone who is kind, is joyful and just, unapologetically themselves and I want them to reach out and be that community for so many people I mean I saw Mama D my mom you know I I watched her help other people and that in turn instilled that value in me I mean I'm always going to help people I'm always going to have community with people and once you're in that community you're in it forever right but that that like in everything that you do in who you are and like the person that I've known for years and years and you're you're always a very giving person I mean you give so much you not only physically emotionally in whatever shape or form if I called you I mean we haven't seen each other for a couple years if I call you the next day I'm like Crystal like I need this yes immediately you'd be there (laughs) As this person, this, this person of everything that you are and you're all your dimensions, how do you maintain your boundaries even though you're doing a job that is so taxing emotionally, physically, mentally, all of that, right? Like how do you, how are you still all of like the mom and all this and everything and maintaining your boundaries? Yeah, that's a, actually, it's a very good question. It was kind of hard for me because I think with COVID, I realized a lot of things. I think so many of us did, right? Where you kind of want to just um, be this super person, right? But realize that there's a point that it's okay to say no, and it's okay to do self-care. And I think even like where I'm at in my employment, um, we have a great social work support and like we have trainings and sessions for therapy opportunities for vicarious trauma. Um, so making sure that we do self-care because we want to be able to take care of ourselves and it's okay to say no sometimes and disconnect so that we can continue to help others. So we continue to be good moms. Uh, same thing with my husband. I'm just like, I need a moment. <laughs> and, and it's the same, you know, because as long as we, if we realize that we have to have boundaries and there's a point in our our lives where it's too much and we it's okay to just say i just want to just watch netflix shows and just relax you know it's okay um so definitely like just having that awareness um i think i realized that a lot more in the last two or three years um that definitely you have to just maintain that boundary to maintain your health and do self-care and like practice it and remind yourself um that it you know you have to do your self-care for the day for me, it's also like yoga and meditation and my spirituality, you know, prayer, um, meditating and doing yoga. I'm just saying, okay, I need a moment. And that way it can continue to give me some positive energy and vibes and continue to do what I do. See, through through uh, Crystal's Facebook post, she's the one that got me into yoga. I was like, okay, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. Flexibility is important for me, I guess. So... Is that where that came from? I don't that, know. From Crystal's face. I don't know if you know that, Crystal, but from your Facebook post, she would always put like a picture of her mat. I was like, ah, oh, okay, I should do some yoga. Well, you know, we just had a guest not too long ago. Oh, or actually, yes, we had a guest in that that podcast probably has will be aired by this time. But Tia Norman was saying the same thing about moving the body, right? Getting that energy out and finding intentional places to allow your body to just. <laughs> get oxygen to to be able to like get that energy off of you for like what you do how was your day experiencing other people and how and how important it is just to be emotion and I laugh now because you know back in school they used to make you do PE or and I, hated I hated it, it. Like, I, hated I hated it so much I, I couldn't like, run and, you know I was a chubby girl so I couldn't do a lot of things where I didn't like sweating and then have to go back into the classroom I just felt like that just wasn't my vibe I was like ah, this is not for me um, but you know, they used to just say you need to be active for 30 minutes. And I took it for granted how inactive you are once you start working, especially in an office job. So hearing people and their journeys around like 
trying to figure out ways to connect with their body and and keep their mind fresh, to keep their energy up for some of these complex jobs that they have that's like high energy or high emotional intelligence or just in general, just navigating stereotypes and barriers and bias all day just as a person. So it's I'm so glad to kind of hear that because we've been trying to strike a balance because as DNI practitioners or people working in these difficult spaces where there's always some heightened emotion or um or or, or people feel like a heightened responsibility to either, you know, to tell you what they don't like, <laughs> which I like to say to tell you what you don't like versus what they what they will support. And I think one of the biggest pieces has been just keeping and we've been choosing to like, how do we keep ourselves healthy for this work? Yeah. Like how do we make sure that we don't let our own self down? Like we've seen in the past where you get burnt out and, and we lose the momentum because we we individually haven't taken care of ourselves. And or you can do both, right? You can do both. You can you can take care of yourself and take care of others. There's no or. So mm-hmm. um, and in this work, the work that you're doing, Crystal, is like it is hard. I mean, seeing those stories. And that's why I wanted to ask that boundary question, because um, you know, you, you're, you're in it day in, day out. And how do you not bring it home? Right. How do you not bring the stories home? It's very similar to like our teachers, our nurses, you know, how do you not bring all of that home? And I think part of it, your kids seeing that it's amazing because it's, it's building their resilience too. And also their kindness muscle as well too, and their empathy muscle. So I think that's just, yeah, it's hard. It's hard, y'all. It's so hard. Yeah, but to to that point though, I think this is a I guess another question. Like we all have are trying to navigate like all this change, right? Things are changing constantly, things are moving constantly. I can't imagine the level of like changes and policy changes or process changes that kind of happen every time an administration change or or the world changes right outside, you know, outside of uh, America. But how does that show up in, 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 you know, like with your uh, personally and and professionally, what, how do you kind of navigate that, that evolution? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. Um, I think just like, I have been able to set daily goals and like trying to focus on that, like positive goals, right? Because if you focus sometimes on like all these changes that are happening so quickly, it can be very difficult to process, right? Because you're really processing one and then there's a new change and you're like, oh, okay. So just setting some goals daily to say a reminder to say, look, I can't control certain things that are out of my, beyond my control and like accepting that. And at least having personal goals for like the day to say, hey, I was able to do X, Y, and Z. And that's okay. That's my contribution for today. I can't control what happens, you know, today, tomorrow, um, next week. It's going to continue to change. And just do your best to like focus on the daily goals and little by little process what happens like in terms of policies changing because they do happen very quickly when we try to adapt, but it can be very challenging. Just try to do the best you can. Yeah. And, you know, typically when we end Crystal, we end with the reflective moment. And I think that was the reflective moment there, right? Mm -hmm. Like breaking your, thinking about what your contributions are and breaking down your goals into smaller manageable bites and, and saying, you know what, this is my contribution for today and being okay with it. Like, this is where I'm at. And let me go ahead and pull out my yoga mat or watch my Netflix or go for a walk or call that person that you haven't called or whatever it may be, right? Um, Because this is hard work. And no matter where you're at in life and whether you're doing, you know, advocacy work or you're a DEI facilitator, you're a nurse, you're a caregiver, you're a teacher, um, even if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad or grown-up like that, it takes a toll when we're caring for others in any kind of way, in any capacity, um, or when we're not showing authentically ourselves in places, right? Because we can't. So I think I think that's such a great like moment of reflection. I just wanted to bring that out for people, the listeners, to be thinking about that a little bit. One of the things that we always ask our guests, and I know you didn't have this on the on the survey, two things. One is what's your favorite song, and then two. 
what are the resources or tools that you recommend, especially in like the immigration process? Like where can people go and like educate themselves or learn a little bit more about immigration laws or immigration experiences or if they're seeking for immigration advice, like where where can people go? Oh, that's a tough one, my favorite song. But I mean, as a Latina, I gotta say, Mark Anthony, Vivir Mi Vida, because any any song that gets me moving, that's my song. I can play that music and just. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? <laughs> you know, I clean the kitchen. I'll clean like the whole house. Liz um, sends yeah. me that song twice, like literally. That's one of my favorite songs. Every three months, I get that list. Like, girl, guess what I listen to? Let me guess. <laughs> <laughs> and for those who don't know Spanish, vivir mi vida is live my life. How many times do I say that? I always like, I'm just living my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> live yours, I live mine. Thank you. Period. <laughs> and um, in terms of people getting resources to answer the second question, um, and where can they get help? Um, so we do have like a, I'm part of like, you know, this Houston collaborative group. Um, and I'll be happy to like, if anybody wants to, it's called the Houston Immigrant um, Legal Services Collaboration. Um, so if anybody ever wants um, to know where they can find more resources, um, that's where I recommend that people can go. Um, definitely, if they want to just learn what are the nonprofits that are doing immigrant work um, and learn more about the, the services that they offer. Or if they feel like they want to just um, either volunteer or, or, you know, just need help for a family member, a friend, a neighbor. That's where I would go. I can't wait to post it. I can't wait to post it. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely post it on our Instagram page for sure and give everybody the information. So, and I have to be a little, um, a little, uh, I have to be a little bit bad because the one thing I will tell people before you had this conversation about immigration, I want you to go take the citizen test because I'm going to tell you right now, it's hard. Like, I couldn't get through that test. We all need to be asking some questions about uh, our status, okay? Because I'm going to tell you right now, my mama went through it, and she she knocked it out because that's just how she rolled. Like, she's a, stu- she's a good stu- uh, student. It, I ain't going to tell you how many times I t- took it and how many times I still haven't passed it, but I have. I was like, you know what? This is on one of my goals for the year to pass this test. I ain't lying. It's crazy. <laughs> But I want to throw that out there as a resource. Like once again, before people get a chance to judge, you know, these conversations based on other people's opinions versus your own experiences, just take a moment to listen to what Crystal said today, which was, you know, if you take away the actual topic, right, we're talking about people who are having human experiences. And imagine if that was you in that case where you are trying to literally make a difference in your life or your family's life and you have to come and start over or you have to be um, uprooted from something very familiar because there's a sense of loss or fear or harm and you have to come and figure it out from scratch. And so, you know, think about how you want to show up when you are experiencing people who are having different life experiences and maybe trying to do exactly what you're trying to do, which is build a robust life and have a huge impact. So before we just, you know, brush things off to the side, let's take a moment to put the human humanity, put the family back, to put the person back, to put the experiences back into all of these, in the hope, right? Into these experiences and these topics, right? It's not about your opinion about a per se topic, but how are you going to engage with people? Yeah. No, I love that. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for coming on our show. It's such an honor for you to share your story with us and share a little bit about you. And now you're part of the More Than Words community. Always. Yes. And you a natural, Crystal. I'm telling you, this cool, calm, and collective. I said, I would hate to be on the other side of the table talking to you if I was in a debate. Because I was like, ooh, she don't give you no... She'll give you no cues of where you are. She just lets you know that I'm here and I already know what you're about to say. I'm like, ooh, I've got to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have to do sometimes when I go into those immigration offices. <laughs> you ain't got to tell me. That's on you. You weren't that. You were wearing that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Liz and uh, Shara. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you so much, y'all. Follow us on Instagram at More Than Words Podcast. Email us questions. Who do you want to see? What questions do you have for our guests at Liz and Shara at More Than Words 
podcast.com and our website is going to be out very very soon i promise we promise chris as well too okay cool see y'all later